0: the prices of animal feed continue to rise. And you've made a decision to have animals on your homestead to provide you good, nutritious food where you can control what they eat. What do you do? Do you exit the game? Do you sell or harvest those animals and just give up? Here's a possible solution that can not only help you save costs, but also provide you with a higher quality of feed. We'll discuss how to set up a fodder system on this episode of the Two Acre Homestead. Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. Come along with us on our journey from a small suburban homestead lifestyle to our new lifestyle, homesteading in the rural countryside of Southern Arizona. We'll share with you our tips, tricks, successes, and failures from both our past suburban lifestyle to our new rural lifestyle, all on the Two Acre Homestead. Welcome back. Well, this is an episode that I've been looking forward personally to talking with you about, and that's setting up a fodder system. My lovely wife, Lisa, is going to take this episode off. So I just wanted to take a moment, a few moments here to talk to you about a smarter way to feed your animals on your homestead. Now, this is something that I had done some research on because in our case, we've been raising Uh, Chickens, particularly since 2015, and we've added other animals uh, since then, like rabbits, uh, turkeys, and now goats. And one of the things that um, we've noticed over the years, especially these last couple of years, is the cost of bagged animal feed continues to rise even bales of hay uh, we typically buy alfalfa hay uh, have continued to rise so i started looking into um, possible alternatives because um the price of that bagged feed has gone up uh, a few years ago i remember paying maybe 13 for a bag of uh, feed the scratch grains would be a little bit less, but the bag chicken feed, for example, for laying hens was maybe around $13. Um, today it's around $20 or so, and that's for non-organic feed. So a fodder system is a really good alternative uh, for you to think about when feeding your animals. Um, Now, I wanted to explain, first of all, what is fodder? Just looking up a definition online, uh, this is what it says. And bear with me for a moment because you know how those dictionary definitions sometimes go with the uh, language that they use. But here we go. This is what it says. Fodder is any agricultural foodstuff used specifically to feed domesticated livestock, such as cattle, Rabbits, sheep, horses, chickens, and pigs. Fodder refers particularly to food given to the animals, including plants cut and carried to them, rather than which they forage for themselves. Um, It can include things like hay, straw, silage, sprouted grains, and some other things so in other words what it's saying is fodder instead of relying on bagged food this is food that um, you cut and carry to the animals themselves so why what's the point there's two main reasons um, why this really interested me Uh, the first was that it can really be a lower cost for you to provide good quality feed for your animals, and second, um, that feed ends up being a lot better nutritional value when you give it to them. So I'm gonna concentrate on chickens, but as the definition mentioned there, you can use this idea uh, to feed cattle, rabbits, uh, sheep, horses, and even pigs. So I'll just uh, explain to you Um, the way we've set up our fodder system on our homestead and some of the benefits, some of the things that uh, I've learned in setting this up and why this can be a benefit and even share with you what type of cost savings I see personally in setting up uh, such a system. Now, before explaining the fodder system that I've been working with here on our homestead, I thought I'd mention before we got goats on our homestead, we had researched and found a dairy farm local to us that provided uh, raw cow milk, uh, Jersey cow milk, and my wife had talked to one of the workers there. Uh, they deliver it to a store nearby, and they mentioned that they've used a fodder system for quite some time, and that has really helped them to um, economize the amount that they spend on feed and to give good quality uh, feed to their dairy cows. I researched the uh, company that they mentioned to her, and they said, yeah, you should have your husband check it out, but um, it looked like that was more of a commercial Type system. Um, You know, we only have what? Let's see, we have 22 chickens uh, on our property to um, turkeys as well. So that didn't seem feasible, but um, it was interesting because uh, just learning that that was something that worked for them, especially when it comes to cost and also providing good quality feed. So in a smaller operation, um, if you're in the city, or you're in the countryside like uh, we are here um, this type of system can definitely bring you some benefits so i just wanted to take some time and explain to you how i have set up our system what i found that works and some tweaks that i've had to make to make sure that uh, it runs well and uh, it can provide you Uh, good quality food, and hopefully you'll see why it also is a much lower cost. So let's just take the example of a grain that you can buy. Um, I did some research, and it's about a half an hour drive from where we're at. There's actually a grain mill, and they sell whole grains there. So things like Milo, Millet, barley, uh, whole oats, corn, and so on. And they sell them in different ways. One is you can buy 50-pound bags, or if you have the means, um, you can buy those 55-gallon rain barrels that have uh, the tops cut off, and they have a feed-type enclosure with a ring, with a metal ring, And you can store about 360 uh, pounds or so, depending on the grain, per 55-gallon barrel. Or if you have uh, a loader, if you have a way to unload this um, off of a truck, a trailer probably, you can get those um, totes that they have. And this particular... Uh, facility will sell you those totes and you can, I believe, get the, the cost back if you uh, give it back to them when you return. But then you can get a much larger quantity at a discount. So for me, I decided I don't have that type of equipment. I don't have a tractor. Um, but I was able to buy a thousand pounds worth of grain. I decided to buy equal amounts of milo and barley i know that chickens will eat both and um i thought that those would be two good grains to kind of start with if you're not familiar with milo it's um maybe if you think of uh, a head of a pin one of those pins that has a small white ball uh, as a head very small grain um, but it sprouts really nicely and looks like a nice green grass. That's probably the best way that I could uh, describe it. So I started with the Milo. So let's talk about how can you set that up to be a pretty easy system for you to manage and be able to provide, like I said, I'm gonna start with just talking about chickens, uh, that type of system. How can you be able to daily provide those chickens good quality fodder from that system. So the first thing that I did was I bought a wire rack that had four shelves. Doesn't have to be too deep, um, but this is something that will help you to store your uh, bins or seed trays uh, to be able to grow the fodder. Um, So, Pretty simple, maybe 30, 40 bucks for a wire rack um, with wheels on it. Um, I started initially in our garage, but the smell was unpleasant, so moved it outside to closer to where the chickens were. So the first thing I would recommend is you get some type of wire rack with wheels that you can put these bins on. Um, Then you'll need a type of bin to store the grain uh, each day. So you could use uh, those black seed trays. Or another solution that I've tried that I really liked um, over the seed trays was to buy some plastic bins that have covers on them. I decided to get some that uh, let light through, but also had a cover so that way it could retain uh, the moisture once I would water it through the day. So on that wire rack, my rack held 12 uh, bins going across on those uh, various shelves. And on the very top, what I would do is I would store buckets uh, on top, um, a container of bleach and That's pretty much it. I had a hose nearby, but I also had some rain barrels that I could use if I needed to water those as well. So this is what you do. Um, Start out with, let's say, two bags of Milo. Two 50-pound bags of Milo. And I'll explain why in a minute. Because you want to try to... See how the system works before you go full bore like I did and buy a 1,000 pounds worth of uh, feed. But start with two bags of 50-pound uh, Milo, okay? And then have one bucket handy so you can use, as far as watering, um, get some type of strainer or sieve so you can uh, strain the... Uh, grain once you soak it, and then uh, bleach, like I mentioned, and then some type of measuring cup so you can measure out your seed. So basically, this is the process. Day one, what you do is you measure out the amount of seed that you're going to put out um, to soak. So I started out with you know, two to four cups or so um, using one of those clear measuring uh, cups. And you wanna play with this to see what works for you, depends on the size boxes you have and so on. But basically measure that out and put it in a five gallon bucket and then just fill it up with a bit of water, at least enough to go over the top of the grain, let's just call it two gallons worth of water. So before you cover it, uh, you want to put a little bit of bleach in there, maybe a capful, and cover the bucket and let it sit for 24 hours. That's all you do. Now, first of all, you might be thinking, well, why would you put bleach in there? Before getting into this particular system, um, I found out that if you don't add a little bit of bleach, at least initially, you can develop some mold growing in there. So this is... Not enough bleach where it's gonna kill that seed, but it's gonna be just enough where it's gonna help to prevent mold growing. Okay, so you've got your five gallon bucket, you go out the next day, and now what you do is you take that bucket, you pour it into this uh, sieve, something where the milo is not gonna fall out of, but you can Pour all that uh, water with a little bit of bleach and the Milo into, and now you've got your seeds. So, then what you can do is you can just take a hose and um, you know, spray that Milo down a little bit so you get the uh, residual bleach off of there. And in your first bin um, that you've pre drilled on the bottom, you want to make um, some really small holes that aren't gonna let the Milo fall through. But anyway, you just play around with it and just make sure the Milo is not gonna fall through or whatever grain that you're gonna sprout. And you pour all that seed into the uh, container and um, then you fill the container, let's say halfway with water, and then put a cover on it and let it drain through. And that's all you need to do. So you repeat this process every day, and imagine if you have twelve of these bins, just as an example. Let's say you have four on the top, four on the next row. What will happen is you're going to start to have a system where, if you move the first day's feed down one, uh, by the second, by the what, the fifth day, you're going to now have four on the top, one on the bottom. And that water is going to start to pour down through the holes and start to water the next guy down. And then you can cover it after that water is drained through. So you're just going to repeat this process every single day. You're going to two to four cups, a little bit of bleach, and some water, about two gallons maybe, and soak that for one day. And then you're just going to move them through. So now what's nice is on the eighth day, you should have enough food there that uh, you can feed uh, your your animals. And it's gonna look like tall grass, maybe at least a couple of inches. Um, but after a few days, you should start to see those sprouts, you know, start to come through and so on. With your hand, you could just kind of gently uh, stir it around a little bit. if. Uh, You want those sprouts to kind of just come to the surface a little bit. But before you know it, if you've got this down pat, you'll see that as uh, the days go by, by that uh, sixth, seventh, eighth day, you're going to have several inches of nice green grass, basically, that's going to be healthy. It's going to provide your chicken's nutrients. And what's cool too is if you lift that up, if you pull uh, a handful of that grass up, depending on how much seed you've put into those bins, you'll notice that those sprouts at the bottom have matted together. So imagine taking that bin, you take it out to your animals, you'll be able to at least pull out sections or maybe the whole thing depending on how much seed, how dense You've packed that seed in there, and you'll be able to set that down for your chickens. They're going to be happy campers. You know, they're going to be eating some good stuff. So why does that save you money, you might wonder? Um, you know, it depends on how much seed you put per bin. Seed trays, you know, you can... Um, spread that out a little bit bigger because those seed trays are pretty long, uh, pretty wide compared to those kind of shoebox size um, plastic containers. But uh, what I found is if you put the cover on those shoebox size containers, it's a lot nicer because you're going to retain that moisture. And if you keep this fodder system outside, Um, I know for us, when we started getting the heavy monsoons out here in southeastern Arizona, it was kind of presenting a problem because the rain was just giving it too much humidity. So I found that that was a benefit. It kept the moisture inside and it made it more of a controlled environment. Now, depending on how much fodder, how much seed you put into each bin Depending on, you know, your humidity and so on and how well you water it, you might find you might need to do it twice a day as far as watering. I did some measuring, let's say a pound of seed. If you were to measure it uh, by weight, a pound of seed might yield several pounds of sprouts. I don't want to focus too much on that because it really depends on how you do it yourself. I recommend you kind of start out with maybe two to three cups per bin. See how that works for you. You might want to increase it. I found, you know, having it a little more dense, maybe three, four cups sometimes worked better. But do what works for you. So the main things are really to make sure that you soak it initially with a little bit of bleach in that water and then daily uh, water probably a couple times a day, and then keep those lids on there. And in, you know, eight days, seven, eight days, you're going to have a consistent food system that you can give to your animals. And then of course, too, you can play around with, depending on how many animals you have, you know, to see what you, what your requirements are each day. And, And remember too, that you're, Your chickens, for example, they're going to still forage for bugs and so on. So don't worry about that. Um, But yeah, imagine that. Imagine if you had a pound of seed yielding several pounds worth of food for your animals. Imagine how that might save you some money. Now I mentioned start out with maybe two bags, 50 pounds each of grain milo seemed to be a pretty easy seed for me to start with. Um, Barley, at the time of year that I started it uh, in the springtime, didn't seem to be responding as well. So I moved to the milo and that seemed to be doing well. Um, As we get into the more fall season, um, my wife and I talked about this. If you uh, read in the Bible where it talks about to sprouting barley, the barley harvest, and so on—that's in those later months in the fall. So uh, I'll be starting to switch to that to see when the ideal time is, and um, you know we'll be switching to barley. But um, I mentioned start out with two fifty-pound bags. Thinking about feed prices right now, and of course this will vary uh, in your area, but let's just say. Feed is around 20 to 25 a bag um, for a 40 or 50 pound bag of chicken feed. The particular mill that I bought this seed from at the time, it was around $13 for a 50 pound bag. So that's like going back in time, but it's not just the price of the bag when you consider that you're really stretching that. Uh, feed because you're, if you take a pound and stretch it into several pounds worth of feed, now how much are you saving there? So I would encourage you. I don't want to get too much into the details because depending on when you listen to this, I don't know where prices will be and so on. But do the chicken math, calculate it, see how long it takes you to go through one fifty-pound bag. How much? Did that yield you? Before you do that, maybe think about how long does it take you to go through one 40 or 50 pound bag of chicken feed? And then you do the math and see if it works out for you if you're just thinking primarily about the cost. But in addition to the cost, think about the quality of the food because you're talking about giving your animals fresh food if you garden, you see the difference when you eat those vegetables, when you harvest them and you eat them that same day, especially when it comes to things like green beans, right? They always say green beans eat them within hours of, of harvesting them because you get that fresh snap. Uh, Just, it's not the same thing when they've been shipped and uh, sitting for weeks and so on. So You're talking about growing sprouted grain. Uh, That's much healthier for your animals. It's fresh food that you're giving them. And it's not something that's been sitting in a bag and processed. And who knows what other things are added in there. So it kind of reminds me of something that uh, my wife had mentioned um, on an earlier episode. I believe it was in season one. And she related a story about how she was talking to her mom and asking her uh, some questions about growing up and gardening and her grandfather and so on. And she asked her mom, well, where did you buy your feed? And I believe the response was, what do you mean? And so it was kind of a shock to my wife that they didn't go to feed stores to feed feed. Uh, the animals on their homestead. Well, it's interesting because since what maybe the 1950s or so approximately, there's been that push to go and get commercial, commercially made feed to use to feed your animals. But that wasn't always the case a hundred years ago. People didn't do that type of thing. They, learn to grow their own food for their animals. They reserved a a certain portion of their land to be able to grow feed for their animals. So it's a good learning experience that we've had here, just trying to get this working a little bit better. But also, it's been rewarding because animals, they love it. They, They love to eat it and uh, we see the benefits so if you're at that point i know we've heard stories we've uh, talked to people that we know personally we've heard stories of people that have raised chickens for egg production for meat but with the prices of the feed and sometimes supply issues sometimes going and They don't have that feed available. They've had to ask that question, do we pull out? Do I pull out? Do I sell these animals? Do I scale back? Do I harvest them and call it quits? Is that where you're at? We know that that's happening out there. So this is a possible solution that can help you stay in the game. This is a possible solution that can help you to continue to raise animals that can provide you healthy food on your homestead. So I hope this has been beneficial to share with you on a way that you can set up a fodder system that you can use to feed your animals. So I'm so glad that you took the time to listen to our podcast, The Two Acre Homestead. Be sure to visit our website at thetwoacrehomestead.com. And as always, stay safe out there and happy homesteading.